Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? Stocks is back once again, and no, Murph has not returned. But I've drafted in somebody else who, let's be honest, is everybody's favorite Tito sipping stepmom. Lauren, welcome back to Five Yard Rush. Thanks for coming on again. How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Hang on, the wait. Tito's Tito's sip and stepmom. I love it. Is that Tito's in that cup right there? Of course it is. That's unreal. I know. It's it's three o'clock, so I'm having I'm, it's three o'clock and I'm on a podcast. Well, here at Eastern time. So yeah, I needed a I need a little sippy sip to, you know, wet the whistle. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, most people drink when they listen to five yard because it makes it more exciting. So if exactly. you it whilst you're doing it, whoop, whoop, why not? Whoop, so, whoop, let's go. How's things been since you were last on? It's been great. It's been really busy, really awesome though. Um, but then if you would have asked me that yesterday, I'd have been like, it's terrible. Life sucks. I hate fantasy football. <laughs> yeah. So I don't do Twitter, but Murph sent me a picture of your tweet where you said you hate fantasy football. Oh yeah. I do that. I think almost every week I'll do that about how much I hate fantasy football. And it wasn't so much that like my guys uh, weren't performing well for me because I'm on, I'm in seven leagues and in some leagues I'm doing really well. Others I'm not doing well, but what really gets my gourd, if you will, or gets my goat, however the expression goes, is when I give advice and to other people and that advice doesn't pan out and it hurts them, especially that last week before the playoffs. It's, it's so 
annoying because I want to be good for everybody. I want to make sure I help people in fantasy football. It's one of the reasons I like doing this is because I love helping people. I love hearing the success stories. So what I know takes that I said, granted, they were backed up by other experts. So I don't feel like I was too much out in left field, but, and then you could do all the research possible and all the numbers just point to this one person having an amazing game. And it's like, no, zero points. Like why, why? So that's why I was so mad you know, for, for my, my bad fantasy takes, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've all had them. I mean, I, I don't claim to be a professional analyst, but when we, we give out waiver wire shows and stuff, and then you just pick someone who isn't quite nailed on and then they do absolutely nothing. And you just think, man, so many people probably pick them up and I killed their team. But yeah, you just mentioned left field. Do you know where that expression comes from? Is it a cricket term? No, it's a baseball term. Well, I know, but I was just saying. No, no, no. I, I don't know. You so guys, I, it, cricket's kind of like baseball. Cricket is nothing. How dare you, madam? <laughs> uh, we are going to end the podcast with a hot take, but that's it right there. Lauren just Okay, so hot take. I get it. I get it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I know it's actually, I just learned where the original uh, baseball mitt actually came from and how it started was a guy first learned how to pitch a curveball underhanded and it kept bouncing away from the catcher and the catcher figured out a different stance to catch it but his hands were so bruised that he cut off the tips of construction gloves to wear those to be the catcher thus that morphed into a baseball mitt so fielders didn't wear mitts no not not originally no not originally how's a catcher not wearing a mitt yeah they stood so far behind the batter that it would actually bounce because it's a real slow underhand toss right so it would bounce and then roll but then when this guy developed the curveball, once it bounced, it would just shank off to the side. So if there's a runner on third, he would always score. So yeah, this is, I, I love the history channel. I have it on because I work from home. Thank God I have it on all day. So I learned the weirdest crap that I'll probably never need to know unless I'm on jeopardy or something, <laughs> which probably won't happen. I'll be like, um, Trebek, can I drink? <laughs> He's like, no, probably not. Then this show sucks. I'll just watch it home. Uh, yeah. I feel you. I think let's so I heard this could be completely wrong, but left field was because at some point there was a mental institute at left field when there wasn't a fence. And it you know, the term left field means something strange or a bit out there, hence hmm. the mental institute. And the people from the institute would walk onto left field because it was so close because there was no fence. And that's that where the term left field I don't know if that's true. I heard it. So if it's wrong. Let me know. It sounds like it could be. It sounds like it could be plausible. Do you have a breaking news sound? I don't. But if you want to make one up right now, go for it. Breaking news: The Panthers have fired head coach Ron Rivera. Oh my! Is that for reals? Legit. I just saw it on a a sleeper at sleeper bot. Yeah, I knew that was. I I had a feeling that was going to happen. Really? Yeah, I just think after the Sunday getting losing on Sunday, I just. Yeah, that's true. That's true. My phone is literally lit up like a Christmas tree. I, I bet it is. I bet it is. I'm so excited. We had breaking news on the show. I know. Tell me about it. And the best thing is if you would let me, because we do have a new soundboard to fit in the off season. Can you be our breaking news soundbite? Oh my gosh. With I can do it. Okay, cool. Well, I'll just, I'll just click your first one and then you're, you're in. Okay. Perfect. There you go. Breaking news. Welcome to poor Ron. Yeah. Poor Panthers. Yeah. I mean, what happens to Christian McCaffrey? He's the only good thing there. Well, I think he continues to stay the good thing. As long as he just stays good looking, I'm fine. No, no. What he needs to do is stay elite until the Scott Fishbowl is over because he is single-handedly carrying us 
into the Scott Fishbowl playoffs. I just missed the playoffs in Scott Fishbowl, which I was surprised that I even got anywhere close to there considering how bad my team was. And then suddenly everyone started doing well. So my landups were amazing and I ended up winning, but I just missed the playoffs by a hair. Yeah, we had a week 13 bye. Yeah. Good for yeah, you. I mean, no, to be fair though, our winning record was we had a losing record. I think we either we either had an even record or a losing record. We just scored so many points. Oh, good. Uh, we got in on that. So yeah. nice. Yeah, it's it's nice to be there because we tried hard and <laughs> we squeaked in and we're representing Britain. So do it. Do I'll, I'll cheer for you. My team is is the so no, I'll cheer for you. Thanks. Go five yard rush. Woo. Breaking news. Breaking news. Last time we spoke, you were shut in with hurricane shutters all down and you were writing for the ballers doing the wave wire article. How's that gone throughout the season? It's been great. I finally took down the hurricane shutters like a week ago. Okay, oh, it was more like two weeks ago. But yeah, we, we waited for a long time with the hurricane shutters up. But I, I'm sure that's not where your question was going. But I thought that was kind of funny because well, no, I, I just left them up. It's I love living in a back cave. It's awesome when you want to sleep in. But how, how does that work? Like, you know, before you get into waivers, how do hurricane shutters work? Because we don't have anything here except horrendous rain. So Yeah, so, right. So what, they're big metal, uh, like, slats, if you will. So, mm-hmm. um, like, big, long, uh, basically metal planks. And uh, you, there's screws on the outside of your windowsill. And so then you ended up, like, me- there's holes on either side of the, of the shutters. Yeah. You have to get them into the screws, top and bottom shimmy them around so they lock into place because it's got like the real wide opening and then the narrow ones on the side so the screw head will fit through the wider one then you got to shimmy it over so it locks into place put the other one overlapping the bottom until you go all the way down and then screw them all tight shut for every window so you have blackout all the time all the time yeah well only during hurricane season and that's only if we know a hurricane is coming but they're such a pain in the ass to put up that we just really take our time taking them down because it's like oh my god what if another hurricane comes next week we got to do this all over again how do you know one isn't coming we we pay attention to the weather service <laughs> and just make sure we're like wow and it's past hurricane season now so we know we're in the clear uh, but there's, I mean, on the main parts of the house, we took them down so we could have sunlight. But on other rooms that we may not use, we kind of took our time taking those down, you know, just because. But yeah, so it prevents debris from, you know, breaking the windows, um, you know, have you flying branches. And, you know, if someone leaves out patio furniture or something like that, it can it can literally just shatter your, your windows and then you're screwed because all the rain comes in, you're flooded. It's absolutely terrible. So they're, they're good to have up. They're handy. So every day is a school day. Yeah, pretty much. Learn something new every day. <laughs> so, yeah, if you needed shutter advice, Rush Nation, there you go. You just got Yeah, it. or where a baseball mitt came from. Yeah. <laughs> We've not even dipped into the, the show notes, and we're already learning. So <laughs> Yes. So your article, Lauren, I, I interrupted you with Hurricane Shutter Talk. How's it gone? It's going great. It's going, it's going awesome. I tell you what, I think that's really been a big key factor for me this year is being able to write the waiver Wire episode because I'm constantly – looking for those players all the time that I know I'm going to be researching and writing about. So in the back of my head, I'm just subconsciously collecting these names. So they stand out to me a little bit more on the waiver wire. I know kind of what to look for a little bit better now when I'm looking maybe a couple weeks ahead. So it's been really helpful for me to write that. Um, but really, Brooks, our producer, he's the one that kind of puts the the players together. And then I'm the one that does some of the breakdown analysis of it. And honestly, the off-season articles were a lot harder to do than the in-season ones because you have to, I have to make up my own storylines in the summer. Now yep. I'm just following. I got, know I got to do this on this day, and it's been great. It's a lot of fun. How many more do you have to do? 
Uh, just until week 16. Okay, cool. So not many. Uh, nope, not many left. I literally can't believe it's nearly over. I know. It feels like it has, well, it does feel like it started, especially when I lose. But yeah, <laughs> it just feels like it just started. <laughs> so you started to lose. Let's talk some 2019 fantasy. How's your season going so far? It is going pretty well. I am in seven leagues, like I said before. Three of them, I'm in the playoffs. Two of them, I just missed by a hair. Thank you very much, Tyler Lockett, for nothing. Mm. Literally zero points. Appreciate it. Um, and the other two were just, I was so far out because I was in a bad draft spot. I got just riddled with injuries. So I did try to fight back in, in those two, but wasn't meant to be. The other two that I just missed by a hair, also not meant to be. But one that I'm in, I have a first round buy is a big money league. So that's that's pretty awesome. I like it. But it's been fun. It's been fun meeting new people, networking, getting out there. It's been awesome. How about you? Um, yeah, pretty good. We in Murphy, <laughs> Say it with conviction. We're, we're, well, it's been really good, actually. We're in 40 leagues, um, which is way too many. Uh, and... I thought seven was too many. Now you just made me look like a chump. No, no, no. We're the chump for playing in way too many leagues because the <laughs> amount of time, I'm just trying to look up, Murph worked out our, our playoff percentage earlier. Yeah, so 76% of our joint teams, we've made the playoffs so far already. So we've Wow. Got, yeah. So of 20, 25 combined teams... We're in the playoffs in seventy six percent. So that's fantastic. Yeah, we've we've done pretty well. We're pretty pleased. Good job. I've not done so well in my individual leagues, but in the ones that matter to me, that's where I've done well. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a league with me, when I said it doesn't really matter. I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the ones that you're you said you're in the week fourteen buy in your big money league. Mm-hmm. How about the other two? How are they going? They're going well. Um, I snuck into the playoffs in my home leagues on that one, like clawed tooth and nail to get there. Um, The other one, actually, am I in two? No. The other one is a listener league for a radio show. That one was pretty fun. Um, But yeah, so my ballers writers league. Um, I was actually, I like I said, another claw my way back from redemption or to redemption, I should say, but I made a ton of big trades. You know, I didn't give up when I was down. Um, and I, I was actually in a tying record with, I think, three or four other guys in the league. But because I didn't have as many points, it dropped me way down. So I was right there. I was right there so close to coming back. But, yeah, you know, it, it is what it is. It's fantasy football. But I don't know if I could manage more than three teams in the playoff situation anyway. It's just too stressful. <laughs> yeah, I think the trouble is quite a lot of the teams we're in are dynasty leagues. And I feel bad just dropping out of a dynasty. Yeah. So- yeah, I think we may have set some stupid precedent for us to carry on. But do, how do you feel about, obviously, I get for a money league, week 14 buy is an absolutely fantastic thing because it means you make week 15 regardless. And if it's yes. a money league, you progress towards the money. But how do you feel about week 14 buys in non-money leagues? Oh, I don't mind them. Especially if you're in more than one league, then that just, you're like, oh, sigh of relief. Okay, I don't have to set that line up. Um, but yeah, I, I don't mind them. You know what I don't like are buys and consolation brackets. That's stupid. Yeah. It's like, so the last place person gets a free pass to the next consolation round. Garbage. I think that needs to go away. Yeah. Ballers, writers league. I'm talking to you. <laughs> I absolutely detest week 14 buys. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I hate them. I don't know why I hate them. I think it's because you spend so much of your season like smashing it because if you've got a week 14 you're at the top and yeah. then you just you have to do nothing for and especially if you've only in one or two leagues and you make the buy and you do nothing for that whole week there is absolutely no point in you playing fantasy football 
Yeah, see, for me, I'm just kind of like, whew, I get a break. I need to recharge my batteries. Like, that, yeah. that's kind of how I see it. No. no I, I it, it was, it. does it kill your momentum? Yeah, I don't, it, huh. it does. Because last year, I think I like, lost how do one. I play this game again? I completely forgot. Yeah, and by then, <laughs> um, semifinals, I'm done. I'm cooked. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. I just have this bugbear about week 14. But That's the first time I've heard that. I've never heard of anyone not wanting a buy. Well, that definitely shows I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. I need to start liking them. I need to start liking them. So trends what this season, have you, have you got anything that you've nailed on as a trend for this whole season so far? I mean, not that's, not that's any different than any other year, um, but it, it's always fantasy football is educated guessing. That's one of my biggest things. You you can't predict the future. It always changes on you no matter what. And uh, I I feel though, as if this year has seen more fantasy studs, not do well. Like I think Jason Moore said that uh, David Johnson has more top 12 performances than Saquon Barkley. Like that's kind of crazy. I haven't checked those numbers yet, but I believe via Adam rank, I heard Jason Moore say that. Listen to me name dropping. Like I'm cool. Yeah. But um, humble brag. Yeah. Humble brag. Um, it just seems like there's been a lot of fantasy says that haven't done much. Like just it, the most recent one in my mind is Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees of this past week. Another reason I didn't win. In my ballers league, ballers, I'm talking to you. <laughs> How dare you make me not win? Uh, you know they they had a crappy game, but the game script should have been perfect. The numbers looked great, and yet pff, nothing. So it's just it's so hard to predict. It's and fantasy football is not the same as real football. It's just ah. Yeah, I had an yeah. absolute nightmare in my in my home league this week. I because of Thursday night games are so late for us. I can't stay up and see who's playing. So right. I, stuck, I stuck Julio in everywhere I had him, and obviously he didn't oh, go. Oh, no, yeah. Um, and then Michael Thomas only put 10 up. Devontae Adams had a good week, but I had Cortland Sutton sitting on the bench and playing, oh, him no. over, yeah, playing him over Julio would have squeaked me the win. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. There needs to be... I need to come up with an app that can change my players for Thursday night football if you live in Britain, because it's unless you're willing to stay up till 2 o'clock in the morning, it's not fair yeah that's that's tough that that's awful not yours i mean there's nothing you can do about it (laughs) it's my fault you live in england and like football my bad yeah it's it's my fault for not being british and liking soccer but regardless anyway do you know (laughs) i think a trend next year could be the whole first round are running backs the amount of talent coming in from college this year i think if they land in good positions and how scarce running backs good running backs have been this year People might, I don't want to say panic pick because if a running back ends up in a good location, it's going to be a good pick anyway. But I think the whole first round next year could be running backs. I think there is a genuine case for 12, 14 team leagues all taking running backs just because of the scarcity of, I mean, you think Swift comes in or JK Dobbins. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I've d- already decided, unless somebody terrible drafts Dobbins, I'm taking in 101 with every 101 pick. Wow, Rookie bold. pick, yeah. Bold, to be I fair, like it. I, I, it's because he won me my college fantasy league this year. So, oh, yeah. I'm, it, I had fun doing it. I got invited 25 seconds before the draft started, forgot the draft, auto-drafted. I managed to get the I won last weekend, and a big part of that were Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins. So, Ugh, My husband would not be happy with you. He's a Michigan boy. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not an Ohio State fan, but last week I was <laughs> cheering them on big time. Yeah, I bet. Talking of college ball, Drew Locke made his start for the Broncos. Your boy. I, could, I, didn't, I couldn't watch. I couldn't watch the game. I, I could not watch because I did not want him to fail in an epic fashion. So I'm like, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to watch. And every once in a while, I take a peek and I'm like, oh, go Drew Locke. 
get it done. I was so excited. I was so excited. No one, no one had faith. No one believed, including me. I'm just saying, I was so yeah. excited. I can't wait to see what he does. He's such a gunslinger. I, I didn't have faith. I thought he was too No early. one did. I don't even think he did. He was like, oh my God, what am I doing in here? That's what he looks like. Like a deer in the headlights all the time. But yet yeah. he manages to get it done. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand how. Considering I'd, he didn't even know how to read defenses when he was a freshman in college at Mizzou. He's, he's come a long ways. How do you think he did? Again, I didn't watch the game. I was too terrified not, to watch. Have you seen The it? highlights, no, I haven't seen the whole game yet. Um, the highlights from what I saw were pretty good, but we all know highlights are highlights. So I am going to, I have the game pass. So I am going to go back and actually I have the game pass. No, I don't. I'm going to steal it off of somebody else. Who am I kidding? I don't pay for that. <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to go back and I'm going to watch him and see how he did. Now that I know the outcome, now mm-hmm. I can go back and watch it. Cause that's how I do movies too. I do not go to a movie unless I know what happens in the end. Shut the I, ha- I, I have to know. Otherwise I won't go. I do won't read- watch it. Do you read the last pages of a book before reading a book? That's the only time I don't do it. I will read a book, you know, beginning to end, which is the normal way you're supposed to read a book or watch a movie. But I will not go see a movie unless I know how it ends. I've been heartbroken and traumatized too many times, which is so not okay because it's fake. It's not real life. But I get so into like fake worlds because I, excuse me, I am an aspiring writer, which is never going to happen. So I get, I get so invested. So when it doesn't end the way I think it should end, I get really, really, really upset. So I have to know what happens before I go and watch a movie. It drives my husband berserk. I, I'm but... not, I don't blame him. Like, I know. Do you, do you <laughs> so tell bad. him what happens? Do you ruin it for him as well? I don't. No, I don't. I don't do that at all. But that's not fair. So considering he always has to wait until like I know what happens in the end, I will never do that to him and ruin his life like that. But a book I'll sit and read. But if, if an author burns me once, I will never read any of their work again. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I get serious about it. I'm not even kidding. Woof. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't so it... I had, I had to wait until the game was over. Then I'm going to go back and rewatch it. I'm such a baby. <laughs> yeah. It's a game. I'll, I'll tell you, it's a game of two halves. Um, the first half better than the second. I'll put it that way. Okay. But, All right. Yeah. I as think... long as there was one part of it that was good, I'll take it. <laughs> he throws a pretty football. He does. He's a gunslinger, that's for sure. That's for sure. Okay, I'm going to go back and watch it now. (laughs) He's got good touch as well. I think think he's going to do really well as well. I think if they... The thing they need to do is they need to do what the Baltimore Ravens did and build the football team around him. Don't slide him They really did that well with Lamar Jackson too. Literally from scratch, they built that team up around him and it is working. And everyone's on board with it too, which is fantastic. Yeah, I think, you know, John Horbaugh, I think he's got somebody... He's got to be given credit because... That whole coaching tree is, has turned around and said, well, and this Greg is our- Norman. Oh my gosh. Greg Norman needs a ton of credit. Literally. Like we, like I just said, from, from scratch, they're like, here you go. Here's this kid build playbooks. He's yeah. like, okay. I mean, they get new they got, lingo, everything. They got rid of their defensive, like a few loads of key defensive players. People said the defense wasn't going to be good. And it took the defense a little while to get going, mm-hmm. but now they've got the secondary they had last season. Mm-hmm. You know, Marlon Humphreys is, arguably one of the best cornerbacks in the league without ever doing anything that makes him get noticed. I mean, people talk about Darius Slay and Jalen Ramsey. All right, he's not as good as Jalen Ramsey, but he does stuff so under the radar right? that in a way that I think teams don't fear their defense as much as they probably should. And which then is have good. To, have yeah. him come in. Yeah, I love it. Exactly. And then they have to worry about the offense, which is bananas. Yeah. 
Mark Andrews is unreal at tight end, and then you've got Lamar Jackson, but they haven't got loads of other stellar pieces that you think, well, hang on a minute, he's got a Nuke Hopkins or he's got a Saquon Barkley. They're mm-hmm. running out old boy Mark Ingram, who, all right, has still got a lot of tread left on his tires because he's been used in committees and stuff. But then Brown, yeah, he's good, but is he elite? No one knows yet. And all of mm-hmm. their, the game on Sunday, they were superb in the fact that that could have been the game where Lamar folded and couldn't march him up the field when he needed to. And he marched him right. up the field, chewed yeah. the clock up, and then Justin Tucker, I don't think, has missed a field goal from inside 49 yards, whatever. I mean, and Lamar, when you watch him, you know, I know this is so ubiquitously said, it's, it's all over the place now, but when you watch him, he's so magical and explosive. You never know what he's going to do. Even when he's running, you don't know what he's going to do when he's running. Imagine how defenses feel when they have to, they're like, oh God, we're going to die now because we're excited to watch it, yep. let alone living it. It's it's incredible how he can just, you know, he's like a cheetah. It's insane. Yeah, he is. It's, I think you've just hit the nail on the head there. We get to watch it from a camera above and we can't tell what he's going to do, let mm-hmm. alone be two feet away from the guy in a helmet in pads thinking. Which yeah, one? he like teleported two feet to the right. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's so fast. It's insane. There was one duke on Sunday where he made a linebacker look absolutely ridiculous. Foolish. Yeah, oh, he just fell funny. over. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bananas. I mean, if you drafted Lamar Jackson late, you've done all right this season. Yes pickup of the draft of this season yeah 100 percent. Sure. but then it's exactly the same as patrick mahomes last year right true <laughs> very true yep yep took him late or didn't take him at all he was available on the wire and i just the game on sunday in the rain do you think we'll see that again in the super bowl there's a chance right that we see it i again. think so that's that's my favorite that's my favorite to, to go to the super bowl for sure i like it i and i think hopefully it's not even though it was bad weather, it was still a fun game to watch, which just shows goes to show you the, the quality of both sides of the team, like both sides of those teams, that it was still a really good game. It was yep. so it was super fun to watch. So I hope so, because that would be awesome. Do you want to know the kicker? The last two Super Bowls that have been in Miami have both been in the rain. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> I, I, go figure. Yeah, I know. I learned that on Tuesday because uh, – my co-host Lee is a huge Dolphins fan, so he watches. Oh, tell him I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I think he was pretty happy after Sunday. To well, yeah, yeah. All of my Eagles friends were not, but yeah. <laughs> well, they suck. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he was saying that the last two Super Bowls have been have been uh, in the rain. So that's hilarious. Act, so that could... literally could have been a almost perfect preview of yeah, exactly. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. So wow. I, was, I was saying to Lee, maybe there's a sports book out there somewhere that would uh, take a rain bet somewhere just to see what the weather's like. Hell yeah. We need to find that. I'll do it. Yeah, you never know. So fantasy advice for those people teetering on the edge of the playoffs. How do they bolster their squad for the playoffs? Okay. So if you're still, if you're in a league that can still trade, uh, do not be afraid to trade. Keep, keep, Keep your options open. Keep your eyes open. Go for those guys. Look for the matchups. Same thing goes for the waiver wire, guys. Scour the waiver wire and always keep your eye out for injury. For example, Darwin Thompson and LaShawn McCoy. They have some opportunity coming up if Daryl Williams is indeed going to miss. Same thing with Damian Williams. That opens up a whole new avenue. I mean, Darwin Thompson is hardly owned anywhere in Yahoo Leagues. Keep your eyes open for those. Don't just set it and forget it. Look at those matchups. Look from now through week 16, week 17. God forbid if you play week 17, I'm sorry. But don't give up. Don't give up. Keep doing. Keep looking for it. Look for those juicy matchups. Keep fighting. That makes it fun too. 
How do you feel about John Ross coming back from IR? I think he plays the Browns and then the Dolphins in in fantasy playoffs. I have no opinion about the Bengals. Other than I think if, okay, my thing, a lot of people that I know have Tyler Boyd and they were so excited about Tyler Boyd because AJ Green was out. And I was like, listen, you should not be excited that you have Tyler Boyd if AJ Green is out. That's not how this works. You are excited for AJ Green to be in. That's the only time Tyler Boyd is effective. Mm. They're missing a very big key piece with um, AJ Green. And without AJ Green, I think it really suffers. Andy Dalton suffered because of it. Tyler Boyd suffers because of it. Um, And they've got Joe Mixon, who has shown explosiveness only when it's the most perfect matchup that he could possibly ever get. And he's fed the ball 3,000 times a game. I think that running game needs to change too. Their offensive line needs to change. So when it comes to the Bengals, I I stay away. Um, I don't like it. Because I also don't like Joe Mixon. He's a horrible human, but that's just me. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I just think people would have dropped dropped John Ross and he's come off IR now and he had a few good games. I don't think we see AJ Green this season now. Oh, of course not, yeah. So, yeah. you know, if John Ross is available in your deep league, I don't see him being a horrendous pickup against the Browns right. and the Dolphins. Yeah, and I don't I don't see it being a bad pickup in deep leagues, like you said. Um, and I, if I was forced to play him, I would temper my expectations on how he's going to perform. Now that I've said that, watch him go score four touchdowns next week to make well, me look like an idiot. Well, no, but you can now pick him up and then say, look, I told you that it wasn't going to be good, but I said it was going to be good because I said he wasn't going to be good, so I played him. Yeah, reverse psychology. I dig it. That was, I'm going to use that. I'm impressed I got that out in one mouthful, actually. That I, was another... I was impressed. as well. I heard it and was like, wow. Yeah, I shouldn't have blown my own trumpet. That's poor. <laughs> <laughs> toot toot. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. There's no breaking news. I'm kidding. No, it's fine. Well, you didn't say breaking news. You just did the trumpet. It's true. Yeah, maybe I can make two drops out of that, like just a trumpet for something and then a breaking. I'm going to work on it. It's getting out of hand. What, what have you made to all the injuries this year? Stupid. Yeah. I'm I'm so over it. I'm ugh, I'm so over these injuries. Because not only do injuries just affect, obviously, that player, the ripple effect across every single other player on that team has been catastrophic. And look how this started. We have like what eight different quarterbacks than what were actually listed as the starters to begin the season. Yep. It's just, it's insane. I, I really feel that the, there have been such big injury names that have been really hard for fantasy owners. I think the only one that hasn't been too bad was probably Teddy Bridgewater who, who stepped in admirably. Um, but I mean, even then, those guys kind of took a little bit of a hit, but it's been insane. I hate injuries. They stink. Not only just, you know, for my fantasy team, but it does stink for the players as well. That's just, it's no bueno. Yeah. And and it ruins, you know, the game as a whole, doesn't it? Because you want to see the best people out there playing the best football. And if they're not out there, it, it suffers a little bit as a game itself. But the same can be safe for the waiver wire, I think. The waiver wire has not been the same as years past. There's not been that one player that's people have picked up and thought well this is this has taken me to the to the hallowed ground has it it's been very thin and pretty boring at times yeah and there have been a couple fantasy gems which actually I'm gonna bring these days up now and they also come in a little bit later but like guys like Debo Samuel I mean that that was a home run uh, but late because I picked him up early in the year did not pan out dropped him then he started exploding I'm like of course you did <laughs> of course you did fantastic same thing with Darius Slayton for the Giants I really liked him off the waivers and also Darius Geis I mean he is a great waiver wire pickup right now too who is also uh, highlighted in my article for the fantasy footballers nice plug do you think that he do you think that he was available in waivers though like 
Well, unless you had an injured reserve spot, um, then he was probably in an IR. I'm in many leagues that do not have an IR spot, so I picked him up on waivers in two different leagues. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I stashed Early. Him. I bought him for a dollar in our listener auction league right at the end of the draft and stashed him all year because nice. my, I, <laughs> how we did it on ESPN and I did it on my phone and I think I was in the bath when I did it and I got a wet screen. And oh. the first three players that came up, my phone auto bid on all three. Oh no! Yeah, so I spent fifty odd. I think it was a two hundred dollar budget, and I spent fifty dollars on Julio, fifty dollars on Michael Thomas, and fifty dollars on Nuke Hopkins. Oh well, those aren't bad picks. Yeah, but then I, I have to then fill my team with fifty dollars. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I thought maybe I'd grab public like, service announcement: Don't draft in the bathtub. <laughs> well, no, just don't get your screen wet. <laughs> Because auction drafts take long time as well. So I just had it on the side whilst I was, you know, but it, I made the playoffs, so I can't moan. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so come on then, who are some names that you can share with us that you can recommend to start this week? Okay, so my starters, um, all right, I already mentioned Darius Geis. I really like him. He's going up against the 27th worst uh, Green Bay Packers. Guys, their run D is terrible. They have allowed 13 touchdowns and one receiving touchdown to running backs this year. And we've already kind of seen that Darius Geis can do well in a good matchup. And this is exactly where he is. So against the Panthers, he had 10 rushes. Not a lot. That is not a lot of touches. But he had 10 rushes for 130 yards and two touchdowns. So he can make do with – well, he can make a lot out of a little. That's what I was trying to say. I knew I'd stumble across it one of these, one of these tries. So he can do a lot. I do like Darius Geis. Um, another one is James Washington. Um, I did not like James Washington coming into this season because I liked Dante Moncrief. Really bad choice on my part, P.S. So, <laughs> you know, you win some, you lose some. You hit, you miss. But um, he had a 47% catch rate last year. He has really started to develop and grow. And I think the key to his chemistry is with um, Hodges, which is odd because he did go to school with Mason Rudolph. So you'd think that there would be some of that gelling going on between those two. And it wasn't, it's, it looks like the key is, is a uh, duck Hodges, which is the dumbest nickname. I don't care if he won a duck calling contest, stop calling him duck Hodges. It sounds stupid. Anyway, understand oh. he is a, he is a boomer bus guy. He has really, really good upside, but he has scored three touchdowns in four games and he scores them on like the craziest, weirdest catches. And then he'll drop one. That's like wide open over the middle. It's like, what, how, how is it possible? Anyway, but he's done really well. And I think even if Juju does miraculously come back, which I hope he does, um, he's still in that wide receiver two spot, which is it gets a good amount of solid targets um, in this Pittsburgh offense if they continue to run that with um, Devlin. That sounds so very what's, – what's the word I'm looking for? Devlin. Is that posh? Is that the word I'm looking for? Very. Well, fancy. I don't know because in England there's a sort of urban rapper called Devlin and he's oh. about as unposh as you can get. So, oh, okay. But okay. I, think, I think the way you just said it was very posh. Oh, okay. There we go. Cool. But I like I, thought, I like Dev better than like Duck. I don't know. Whatever. But I, with the uh, Duck thing, did you know that uh, Duck Hodges and James Washington have been out duck hunting to improve their connection? So Really? Yeah. He he's shooting himself. That's not okay. <laughs> that's just wrong. Yeah. I did not well, know that. That's an interesting. That's inter- I would love to see a little video clip of that of James I've, Washington duck hunting. I've, I've only seen the headlines, so there probably is some sort huh. of Instagram out there or something. That's awesome. 
Third one is going to be Darius Slayton against the 28th worst Eagles. Oh, P.S. The Steelers are playing the 30th worst Cardinals. The Cardinals defense is like Swiss cheese, especially against the tight ends, which is another good start is going to be, I think, the Vance dance himself, Vance McDonald. Although, do hold your breath because it is with the, you know, third string QB in our boy, Duck Hodges. If I say his name again this podcast, I swear to God, I might quack. So, <laughs> Darius Slayton against the 28th worst Eagles. Um, so the Eagles have allowed 16 touchdowns and that's only behind the Buccaneers, the Giants and the Dolphins. So look what the Dolphins just did to the Eagles. I mean, it, it yeah, I, I, I'm not going to say anymore. Your buddy from Miami, I'm sure is like, yeah. <laughs> so since week six, Darius Slayton has combined for 49 targets, 28 receptions, almost 350 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, he's a nice deep threat. He does have trust built up with, uh, Daniel the dime throwing Jones D Jones Daniel D D Hones I don't know no it doesn't matter how much trust you've got with Daniel Jones the boys throwing it so far away from his receivers people are catching it that shouldn't be catching it well they are catching it ergo touchdowns no I mean people from the other side did you not see Um, him Sunday he was trash no I actually did not see him on Sunday but I heard he was pretty bad but Golden Tate should be coming back too. So mm. this is a situation that it, I don't think it takes away from Darius Slayton. I think it gives him more opportunity because that the guy that they're going to be running around through is, is going to be Sterling Shepard when he's back, and it's also going to be Golden Tate. I think that leaves Darius Slayton some opportunity to get those goal line looks. Again, these are not guys that are your automatic, like, you know, plug-and-play you know, matchup proof guys. These are guys that you may be looking for on the waiver wire that you can pick up and you can start if you need a spot start for these guys with good matchups. So these are in favorable matchups and they have been trending in the right direction. So yeah, it's, it's risky. But the other one I said too is another risk is Vance McDonald. Um, Arizona is so bad against tight end. They're like doubly worse than 31st worst in the league. So the 31st worst, uh, according to NFL, is the Seahawks. They've allowed five touchdowns. Arizona has allowed 13 to tight ends. (laughs) The Raiders have allowed eight, yet they're only like 28th worst or something because of the yardages and the receptions they have allowed. They're really bad. Tyler Higby scored a touchdown. In fact, Tyler Higby got over 100 yards on him. It's crazy. Yeah, but that's because Gerald Everett didn't play. That's true. But my point is it's the position. So, you know, it was the position that ended up getting it done. So if you guys need to start in that horrific dumpster fire of a position in the tight end, you can, I think you can get away with Vance McDonald to give you some, give you some points. Uh, He probably is on the waiver wire as well. Uh, Check him out. He was heavily drafted, but then very quickly dropped because he (laughs) didn't do anything. So that kind of sinks. But I, I like those guys. Nice. And then let's flip reverse it. What about some names that you think you should sit this week? Well, I feel like I have like premonitions because when I wrote this, I didn't know this already, but uh, I said to sit Daryl Williams, but he may be out anyway. Um, so there goes that. Um, so I'm not just saying that because I know he's going to be hurt and I'm totally taking the, the cheater way out. I promise I wrote this without knowing that he may not even play. Um, and if he does play, I still wouldn't play him um, to too much risk of re-injury. Also Darwin Thompson with LaShawn McCoy. So I'd stay away from that. The Patriots have one of the best run defenses. I think it's the best run defense. Uh, only allowed one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown, I believe, as of still as of this weekend, right? I think uh, it's one and one. Yeah, I think so. Um, another one I would t- stay away from if you can is Muhammad Sanu um, against the third best Chiefs. Um, there's a lot of mouths to feed. We're talking Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, James White, who had a hell of a game on you know Sunday. Pretty awesome. Rex Burkhead. 
There's just a lot of mouths there. The Chiefs have, have allowed the fewest receptions to wide receivers at only 112. So that's pretty interesting about the Chiefs defense. I did not know. Um, I don't really think of them as a wide receiver, um, you know, you know, a, a defending a well against the wide receiver. That's how I wanted to say it. But yeah, they've allowed the fewest in the league at 112. Um, and Sanu broke out a couple weeks ago when he went uh, 14 targets, 10 receptions, 81 yards and a touchdown. But then the last two weeks combined, it's only been nine targets, five receptions with no touchdown. So he has regressed since then. I don't like the matchup too many mouths to feed. So I would stay away from Muhammad Sanu if you can. If you have to play him, I'm sorry. I'm in the same boat. I get it. Sorry. <laughs> um, another one that could be a little controversial on my sits um, is Didi Westbrook. Because I've heard him in a lot of people's starts because of Gardner Minshew, and I've heard him in people's sits because of Gardner Minshew. I love Gardner Minshew, but I like Gardner Minshew with Conley and Chark. Not as much Westbrook. However, with that being said, if you're in a full PPR, he's not a terrible start. Um, he's one I would maybe try to avoid if you can find someone ranked up a little higher with a good matchup. But the Chargers defense is pretty good against uh, wide receivers. Um, I, I just don't see him getting into the end zone with because Chark just takes up all those targets from Minchu, And I think Connolly is really starting to develop that rapport uh, more so, you know, with Minchu now, which is so exciting. I love having the Minchu mania mustache back. Like that makes me like the Jaguars. Like that really makes me like the Jaguars is Gardner Minchu. I love that guy. And uh, I have in here, I don't trust Foles <laughs> so I can take that one out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those, one of those situations that I would rather try to avoid if I can. That being said, again, if you're in a PPR situation, he's not a horrible start because of the volume. Uh, they do run, they do go very quickly uh, under Gardner Minshew as opposed with Foles. They run a lot more plays, so there is more opportunity there. Um, another one, uh, Jonathan Williams, um, the Colts man. Uh, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. The fooling was I benched him the first week he started and he blew up for like 30 points. So this week I started him in what I thought was going to be a good matchup, and he did absolutely nothing. Guess who I benched him? Oh, I should have benched, but I played him over. Darius Geis. Yeah, those are the situations that, <laughs> yeah, those are the decisions I made. It wasn't good. So I went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I was asking friends, and I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with it. It was a very poor choice. Anyway, they're going up against the third best defense against running backs now let me just repeat that third best defense against running backs in the tampa bay buccaneers never thought i would say that together in one sentence they are surprisingly doing very well um let's see he only rushed eight times for 14 yards and uh this was like the jordan wilkins game and it no it, I, I don't even want any part of that marlon mack wanted to come back week 14 which is a funny story i actually ended up trading him in my big money league and then he hurt his hand, so the guy I traded him to dropped. So I went back and picked him up off the waivers <laughs> to get him back on my team. <laughs> Go figure. And uh, so the Bucks have only allowed four rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown as of my note date so far this year. And, uh, yeah, too messy for me. So I don't like Jonathan Williams. Actually, I, I think you can drop him if you need the room. Yeah, absolutely. I was just going to say they've only allowed five rushing touchdowns, but you beat me to the punch. Boom. You know, you just mentioned the Kansas City Chiefs uh, obviously are the least allowing yardage team to receivers. Do you think that's because they are the worst team against running backs? Teams are running on them a lot more heavily than they are. It definitely could be. And I don't know about their yardage. I do know about their reception totals. So I don't know. I don't have that in my notes here. But they have only allowed 112 receptions. 
I don't know how many yards are included with that, but yeah, their, their run D is terrible. So you can run on them. It's, it's kind of similar with the Panthers. I mean, you can just crush the ground. Look at what Garrett, Darius Geist did and Adrian Peterson scored a touchdown in that game too. So it's very possible um, that they just don't need to rely on wide receivers when you're going up against the, against the chiefs. And but again, if you're, it's going to be a game script issue. Um, if it were another team and another wide receiver playing against the Chiefs, I would have to look at this. But in that Patriot offense, I'm, I'm not sure. Again, this could be totally wrong because it is the Patriots, and they are so difficult to predict. So this literally could be an Antonio Brown game. Yes, I said Antonio Brown. Watch them pick him up off the street and play him in week 14. No, no you, you stop that. That's I know. I hope that doesn't happen. I've had so many questions about it. I'm like, no, that's garbage. It's stupid. I'm like, and if he does play, I will protest. Yeah. I don't know what that'll do, but I'll I'll try it anyway. But yeah, I I just don't like it. No. Uh, oh man, please don't let Antonio Brown play next week. <sighs> he's like apologizing to Robert Kraft, and my whole thing is that he he's ineligible, and then but he still has to get some kind of disciplinary action from the league, right, in order to even be considered to be picked up. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. So correct me if I'm wrong. Hit me up on Twitter at Stepmom Lauren. Tell me how it goes. Boom. Boom. The common then. Let's have some hot takes and projections. I was going to ask you, who do you think will end up as the quarterback one, running back one, wide receiver one and tight end one. But I feel like quarterback, running back and tight end are pretty much locked up already, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I... wide receiver one will be Michael Thomas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten yep. about him. He's probably my favorite player on my home league and I'd completely forgotten about him. So. Let's think top five then. Who do you think is going to be a surprise at each position? Maybe top five. See, I don't know about top five, but let me give you a hot take because this is the one I have prepared. So hot take between now and the end of the season. This one actually surprised me of its possibility of coming true. I think that Devontae Parker is going to finish as a wide receiver 15 or better by the end of the year. So in the next three games, he will be top 15. He's top, he's in, he's wide receiver 20 right now. So he only has to move up. So you think he's going to finish like five season positions. long, season long top 15? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he balled out Sunday. Absolutely. But he also finished, he, I'm sorry, he, he's playing against the Giants, the Jets, and the Bengals. So how far off am I for him to be able to move? Because he did finish, he didn't, was it, was it that week finish or was it season long finish at wide receiver 20? Cause I could be looking at the wrong numbers there, but he's done really, really well. Yeah. I'm not sure. He was unbelievable. Some of the catches on Sunday were frighteningly good. I mean, jump ball, he was winning every single jump ball, 50 fifties. And he actually, for the first time I've seen him play, he looked like the real first round caliber talent that he could. Oh do. yeah, absolutely. And Ryan Fitzpatrick brings that out of people. It's, it's insanity. Hold on. I'm looking up on fantasy pros right now. Weeks one through 13. Let's go to half PPR just to split the difference between the standard. So on sleeper on our half PPR, he's currently 20. Okay. But that's season long though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Season long. So okay. he is, he's on 174.4 and 15th on 186. So he only needs, yeah, 12 points. Okay. He's 12 points off 15, so he could smash that in, in easily. Okay, yeah, and I think it's going to be wide receiver 15 or better. I think that's how he finishes. Because I, I think that now that Fitzpatrick is getting his, you know, how, getting his groove back on, you know what I mean, which is so cool. I love that. He's, he's just so awesome. Again, against the Giants, the Jets, and the Bengals, I think he, he has an opportunity to do that. Well, I'm just looking at some of the players ahead of him at the moment. You've got Tyler Lockett, who seems to have been on a downstretch. Yeah, Tyler who? I'm sorry, because he didn't show up for the game. 
last yeah. night. I forgot Would he was have been dead nice. to me. Yeah, Sorry. He's, no. he's not dead to me. I love him very dearly. I'm not <laughs> mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> and there's the stepmom. She's not yeah. mad. She's just disappointed. That's right. Uh, Julio Jones, he could miss another week. Alan Robinson, I think, uh, who knows there. John Brown, they got a couple of difficult matchups. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. uh, it's easily possible. Yeah. What's what's? <laughs> so I wonder if that's really a hot take then. Because <laughs> that's what I was looking at. I was like, this doesn't seem very hot now. <laughs> I think it is a hot take because I think people wouldn't have guessed that he was in the top 20 wide receivers anyway. Yeah, I, I didn't. In fact, when you said, you're like, wait, he's wide receiver 20. I'm like, now I have to go double check myself because that does sound pretty dumb, doesn't it? Yeah. But he is. He's just been balling out. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought at the beginning of the season, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans would have been top five wide receivers, uh, both of them. To have them both in top five is pretty extraordinary. Exactly. And and, and poor Adam Thielen, you know, he's nowhere near this list. Uh, another, another name I never would have guessed in a million years in the top 10 is DJ Chark. I mean, that's one that kind of came out of nowhere too. So it's, it's been a surprising year for some of these finishers for sure. Yeah. I mean, DJ Chark, you look at his numbers. Uh, most of the points came early on in the season, I think. I mean, he's, as he tailed off. Uh, your last couple of weeks have been cold, but he had a 26 pointer a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, last couple of weeks have been Nick Foles. So that's true. Hold back. Gardner Minshew's coming back to make I know. Minshew mania. I brought a whole bunch of fake mustaches just so I can wear them during the game. Oh, wow. How many do you need per game? <laughs> well, they don't stick all the time. So I, I can't like super glue them to my face. So like the adhesive comes off. And plus, it came in like a sheet of 12. So I couldn't just buy one. It's like yeah, twelve. It was like twelve fake mustaches for thirteen ninety nine, or like one really nice one for twelve dollars. I'm like, no, I don't need a real nice one. I'm not really trying to prove that I have a mustache. I just won't shave if that's the if that's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> we um we went to the Jags game in London, and the amount of people dressed up as Gardner Minshew was insane. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure, and like I even have the the Ray Bans, and I have actually it's a Tito's bandana too. <laughs> I have to take a picture of it. I actually just look like straight out of the trailer park white trash when I had it on I needed to like fix it up to make it look a little bit more Minshew-esque so I didn't look like I probably shouldn't say on air (laughs) I'm just looking at the top five tight ends Darren Waller Mark Andrews and Austin Hooper no one would have said they were top five (laughs) yeah Darren Waller what like Travis Kelsey that's an obvious one but Mark Andrews dude Austin Hooper just these names are insane so you know I think what what I'm going to look at when the season ends is really how these players finished and then compare them to what their situation was going into this season and then try to recognize trends and maybe markers that I can identify in other players to see if they could have a breakout year moving forward. In case anybody wanted to know, that's what we do when we think of things to write about in the off season. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty interesting to me. I mean, that's the sort of jam I like to read. And I also have to think about some sort of stuff to write about in the off season. And I'm, I am struggling. Scraping I did. Barrel. I did. I had a little bit of a panic attack when I was like working today. And I was like, wait a minute, the season's almost over. That means I have, I have like a whole bunch of, I have to think of what I have to write. I don't just have like a topic every single week. Oh no, man, I got to get creative. So yeah. I might just, might just ask for ideas from from the Twitter verse and the in the gram verse and what they think I should I should research for the summer. Well, there you go. That will be easy then. You should smash out three four articles a week when you ask the Twitter verse. Boom, done. Well, well, how many do you have to do a week in the off season? Like, do you have a sh- um? Well, it's actually in a month, so we do three to four per month or more if we want to. Um, and it really just they give us idea categories of ways of you know like um a player profile that we can really go in depth to any player that we want. 
and they really leave it up to us because they really want to, you know, hear our ideas and hear and, you know, read how we think through these and point out, you know, different research, different data, how we can collect that and use that analytic to identify X, Y, and Z, depending on what it is we're finding. But I'll start off with an article topic and end up changing it completely by the time I'm done with my research because it's nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. So it's very fluid and dynamic and it changes. And I spend a long time in my off-season articles because you get so, it's like falling down the rabbit hole like Alice in Wonderland. There's just so much data, so many things that you can look at in different ways to interpret it that it's it's wonderful. And it's really awesome in that area too because you can reach out and meet new people see what kind of research they have and collaborate so it's it's fun it's hard but it's fun yeah no i feel you i feel you talking of fun this has been an absolute blast i agree i'm so pleased oh. you managed to come back on handcuff everybody go out and get alexander madison if you haven't already tried to get him now do you do you think people should trade for him if they can trade for him i think so um, he is my number one handcuff to have, um, because he is a very talented and B the Vikings use the run game and they don't like to get away from it. So he is going to be used. He's going to see volume alone. And he's also talented on top of that. And, uh, cook has injury, uh, you know, issues. I don't want to call him injury prone. I hate that tag, but he does have injury issues. He had a scare coming into this week. It, you know, he had that shoulder, a shoulder injury during the game that kept, kept him off. Thank goodness he scored a touchdown before he got injured. So at least people who needed him to score some points came through, but I don't trust that he's going to be healthy enough weeks, 14, 15 and 16. And if you, he's a number one, you know, first round draft pick. So if you need to fill in for him or, you know, the Dalvin cook owner needs to get him, go snag him, go snag him. Even if it's a stash for a few weeks, I think he's going to play. And I think he will help you in, in a situation if, if you need to plug somebody into the flex. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, if I think the the Vikings should absolutely walk over the Lions uh, this weekend. And I think there's a chance that they rest Dalvin Cook because the Lions have got the, well, what is it? 30th worst run defense in the oh, league. Oh, it's terrible. So, absolutely terrible. Yeah. So I think there's a good chance they just plug Mattson in anyway yep. and give Dalvin a week off because they should walk Exactly. Exactly. I love him. He's my favorite handcuff to have. Also, if you guys have Zeke, go pick up Tony Pollard. You know, just those obvious ones. It's it's handcuff season if you haven't already done so. Yeah, absolutely. There's just there's a little bit of trouble, I think, if Dalvin Cook says he's going to play or they say Dalvin Cook is ready, but then don't play him game time. I think that yeah. could really mess people. It people really up. could. It really could, which stinks. Yeah. Yay, fantasy in- football. Yeah. Hurrah for <laughs> they never take our feelings into consideration. No, but they should because it's becoming massive. It's becoming as big as the NFL. So You know, I think James White did totally take fantasy into consideration when he just balled out at the end of that game for basically no reason. (laughs) Oh, God. He was just like, yes, this is for fantasy football. I will win my fantasy league owners their week and just went haywire. That's what I thought in my head because I was like, no, James White. Maybe he drafted himself and he needed a big day from him. He did. (laughs) And he thought, well, this is it. I'm getting He's like, listen, Tom. Throw it to me. You don't understand. (laughs) Ah, Lauren, thank you so much for coming back on. One day Murph will be here as well. But yay! thank you so much for coming back on. Why don't you let Rush Nation know where they can find you? Yeah, thank you so much for having me back on. It's always a blast. Um, You guys can find me on social media at Stepmom Lauren. It's L-A-U-R-E-N. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, although I am way more active on Twitter. So if you guys, you know, message me or something, I don't respond right away. Go on Twitter. You'll find me there. Also, all of my work is up on my website, stepmomlauren.com. Perfect. Well, 
Oh, and I'm a writer for the fantasy footballers, so you can find my stuff there too. Yeah, <laughs> I should well, probably plug my bosses in. <laughs> yeah, probably. If you if you speak to Jason and uh, Mike anytime soon, tell them Andy's come on, so we'd love to have them. I will. I will. Uh, Mike's a little bit more elusive, but I'm sure Jason would love to do it. Like how I just signed him up. Yeah, that's <laughs> He'd be like, "Thanks, appreciate it." <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm going to send him a little message saying, uh, "Your girl Thanks. Lauren told us you're coming on, so uh, get ready." <laughs> right this has been great thank you so much and like i said there is a whole off season coming up where there's plenty of time for us to have you back on and talk ball that's right i will be here and good luck everybody good luck good luck good luck uh tweet me and tell me uh how you did and if i messed up your league i'm sorry don't tweet me but if i <laughs> well, did well you can tweet me <laughs> oh, no, no. good luck to you in your big money league i hope you go all the way and make oh thank you good luck to you too good luck in all your seventy-six thousand playoffs thanks yeah there's only uh i've got one more week for, for my home league that doesn't have a week 14 buy, which is annoying because I would have, I, now I love buys, I, I would have got it in this league. So, but I don't have one. So whatever. <laughs> That's the thing. Right, Rush Nation, we've got to get out of town. But Lauren, like I said, you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, Murph, I'll catch you down the line. Rush Nation, listen to Murph later on in the week because he's got some absolute bangers coming. But until next time, as always, keep rushing. Yeah. Oh, I'm back now. Oh, no, yeah, you were just staring like demonically into the screen. <laughs> yeah, you were kind of looking up with a very confused look on your face. It was pretty funny. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what, I'll start that question again because it was terrible. <laughs> The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.